Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So, as this comes out, we are marking a one-year quarantine-aversary. Pan-aversary for some. Quarantine-aversary for some. Just a really dark year for others. <laughs> are people calling it pan-aversary? Yeah, I've seen pan-aversary. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Hooray. Uh, and, you know, we said marking and not celebrating. But, yes. So my question for you, Samantha, is because I really remember, where were you when you were like, oh, God, okay, like the early like March, my, for me, it was March 13th. Uh, I'm going to have to quarantine and I don't know what's going to happen here. Right. I'm trying to think because I can't remember specific dates. I do remember thinking, because I think I sent you a text last weekend. I was like, mm-hmm. um, is this the day that you're in Canada and I was in Florida? And you were like, yeah. I believe so. And I went yep. back and looked at my pictures and yes, yes, it was. That was the time when everything was getting shut down. Yep. So not only people were already planning and talking about it, but we were at a conference. So myself, Eves, and Anna from Ethnically Ambiguous and all of our other shows, she... And I and Holly were all at a conference in Florida while you were playing in the snow in Canada. Yep, I was. And I think that also was the last time I traveled, last time I went to a hotel, like all those things. Everything was slowly being shut down. I remember different people at the conferences who had been planning to do other things for Mm -hmm. work stuff, each talking about how everything was being canceled. And uh, I remember sitting at the hotel restaurant and the bartender being like, oh, yeah, we're about to lose a lot of money. And talking about how people are panicking because they mm-hmm. were losing so much because people are canceling huge events. Yeah. So I remember it was that point. I was like, oh, my God. A, am I about to get corona because mm-hmm. I'm going on a plane? A, yep. B, what's going to happen? Where are we going to go? How How is everything going to turn out? Because everything was slowly being shut down. So I think it was at that point that I knew mm-hmm. it was happening. And mm-hmm. then I think the last time you and I went into the office, that's when we did our cardio. We did. We did <laughs> a socially distanced cardio. cardio. And it wasn't in my head. I was like, that was not enough distance. <laughs> Also, yeah, we were huffing and puffing. <laughs> yeah, we were. But I do remember thinking all that. And I think it was during that point, I was like, I don't know if we're going to come and see each other again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the time, but I remember what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, I remember because I was in Canada and we were all talking about it in ways that now feel very ridiculous and arrogant of like, I don't think it's going to be that bad or like we can, like I'm scared. You predicted it. Yeah. <laughs> you from jump were like, we're not coming back till maybe even November. I remember you said this. We were trying to plan a trip to Portugal. Yeah. Oh. I know. I know. But but I feel like that was the vibe. Was a lot a lot of people I spoke to were like, I'm scared, but I think it's gonna be okay. Which, you know, we didn't understand how long-lasting it's going to be. But I was so tired on the plane, I wasn't concerned about it. Now, my friend Katie came to stay with me March 12th, and we were going to go see Return of the Jedi at the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. 
And that was the day in Atlanta, at least, everything was getting canceled. Like you would just hear it around the office, like, oh, this has got, this has got, this has got canceled. And it got canceled. And she stayed with me. And of course, we watched. Star Wars, which started my year-long journey of watching the original trilogy every week at least once. Um, We played The Last of Us, and I remember we had to go pick up her medication because she wasn't expecting to stay with me. And and we were at a CVS, and we were so scared, and we were just, like, looking around at people, the most suspicious of, like, stay back. (laughs) And being so scared, and then her being like, do I go home? Do I have to stay with you? And having that goodbye, that was so, it felt so final as in, I don't know when I'll see you again. Right. And that night, I think, yeah, it was March 12th. All of the talk show hosts didn't have audiences. And it was really eerie. Everything was so eerie. Yeah. Uh, And then our friend and coworker, Alex, we had to go into the office that day to pick up something. And there were signs that were like, to come in, you have to do this and mask and all this stuff, which was good, but it was a real okay. <laughs> oh, didn't we get kicked out of the studio because they were doing that yes, intensive cleaning. cleansing? Mm-hmm. We were one of the last people to we record were. in there before they put in. Really and they it. were like, don't stay here or you're going to get sick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, we should look back and find what episode that is. Because listeners, it came out and we were on a rush of like, we got to get you out of tell, here. We were like, we're trying to get out of here. They told us we have to be out of here by five. We had to rearrange the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, we should find that episode. Yeah, I, I just, I can't believe where we are today. Of, of course, we could talk about the mishandling and mismanagement of the administration and why we have come to this point and being jealous of places like New Zealand <laughs> who are now celebrating outdoors and indoors and having concerts, mm-hmm. which I'm yeah. not going to lie. Half of these things didn't affect me because I am fairly antisocial and mm-hmm. I, I am an introvert, especially when it comes to a large crowds. So that didn't change for me. I will say for me... <laughs> A part of the joy of the first month of people not quite believing, but trying to figure out what to do was saying, I'm scared of the pandemic. I'm canceling. Mm-hmm. I quite enjoyed doing that. <laughs> not enjoyed, but really was relieved to have an excuse to be like, sure. I can't do that. Sorry. Pandemic. You know, uh. it, it's funny because my mom, I was speaking to her the other day and she said that to you. And it just made me laugh that my mom said... Oh, I'm going to miss not having an excuse to get out of plans. It was delightful for that yes. alone. Yeah, and, and we were talking about this before because I am a very outgoing person and I did do... I know I texted you the other day and I said I used to do so much. Oh, wow. Because I had to go back and look at my calendar for some reason like a year ago. And I, you see my calendar. It's very detailed. I was shocked. How how was I doing all that stuff in one day? It's ridiculous. I think I've asked you that before. It's ridiculous. And so I got my vaccine appointment today, which is very exciting. Getting my first shot next week. But I I have to be honest, I kind of panicked when I I was like, I'm going to have to go outside. And there's a fear. I know I've spoken about it before on the show, but I do use social activities as a stress, like an often unhealthy stress coping mechanism. Because if I am with someone and I'm not by myself, then I don't have to deal with whatever's bothering me. So it's like a way of keeping myself constantly occupied. And that's not to say I'm not having fun 
I'm deciding to do these things. But at, at a certain point, it does become exhausting, one. But two, yeah, you're just doing this at least on some level, because you can't just stay home and go to sleep. Right. And we've talked about the fact that you are the person yes. that will hang. I will hang. Literally, when people are planning parties, they'll come to you for advice on how to make it the best party. Yes. Because you're the life of the party, as where I, the Debbie Downer, <laughs> in the corner. I feel like we're on the continuum. We just need to meet. Uh, I'm good in my corner. Don't Don't bother me. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I, I'm hoping that what will happen is I will become a hybrid of what I have become in quarantine, which is someone who just sits in her pajamas and reads fan fiction all the time. A lot. I basically do things that I can do in my apartment that I didn't let myself do before for whatever reason. Feels like a guilty pleasure or something. Mm-hmm. Like video games, watching the same movies over and over again. And... Party Annie, as I call her. They can come together and be a healthy hybrid mix. Mm-hmm. All that being said, I was so unexpectedly as- excited when I got the confirmation appointment email for the vaccine. I didn't think I was going to be that happy. I almost cried. I was so happy. And I think it's the fear. I think it's really yeah. knowing like, oh, I can go out and not worrying about killing someone, at least not to the same extent. Right. I think it's, as a country, as a, as a whole people, as a world, we're going to have to work through all of our uh, emotions around this because, you know, you know it's impacted right. you. But the fact that I just almost cried at the thought of, oh, wow, I could, this could be over. Right. And you're not the only one. I think like the trend that I'm seeing on all of the social media is A, this level of relief in not just themselves getting vaccinated, but their parents being vaccinated yeah. or people they love being vaccinated, which is my same thing. I saw one tweet where they were like, I will like every single post that shows that they've gotten their vaccination. Like, I I, I see that. I love that. As well as the quarantine anniversary about, this was, This is my first post to this, you know. Um, <laughs> and I will say, I feel seen and I feel recognized because I'm like, yes, that's me too. Oh yeah, you gained 20 pounds, me too. You know, like stuff like <laughs> yeah. that makes me feel a little better. You still feel uneasy in being outside in public and it probably will be for a little while. Yeah. Me too. I also mm-hmm. will say for me and not to give divulge too much of your stuff, you know, first of all, I had to convince you <laughs> that you need the vaccine more than the rest of us more than myself because, you know, we have different life experiences. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> but you are qualified to getting that vaccine. And I know you had guilt and be like, but I feel yeah. no, I feel fine. I'm like, <laughs> I literally said, bitch, you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> she did. I would not have gotten it not for Samantha Stern talking to you. <laughs> I did my, my, uh, my a best friend, sister, mother, caretaker, <laughs> the voice of, bitch, get an appointment tomorrow. You hear me? (laughs) And putting all that with, even though it's a derogatory term, doing that in love and showing my seriousness and I care about you, do this. Mm -hmm. And to the point, like, we've been talking about, you and I, a lot about the guilt of, I really want a vaccine and I'm looking it up and I'm looking to see maybe there's some available vaccinations. Uh, My partner and I, we saw a segment or we were told about a segment that they had extra vaccines at a very large uh, venue and they were asking people to come because they didn't want to waste it. So we were trying to find that place. 
apparently it was a uh, misinformation some kind oh, of confusion in no. that. I mean, it didn't happen, but we we jumped to the chance to get it. But mm-hmm. there's, you know, you and I are talking about like this guilt of me, like I'm healthy. Yeah. You know, I'm a 40-year-old healthy woman with no uh, pre-existing conditions, although I'm closely getting to that target of like, maybe I can qualify under these qualifications, but still feeling like there's a level of guilt. Like I'm not as bad off as these people. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a 65-year-old person who... I don't have access to mm-hmm. internet or don't understand how to how this yeah. works. All of these things. I'm in the city where it's more accessible than mm-hmm. in rural or suburban areas. And so it's kind of this level of like, I would love to have it, but at the yeah. same time, I would feel guilty in jumping in front of someone in yes. no way. And I know there's a, it's a big debate in my friend group because we are at that place of like, but at the same time, we want to protect other people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is a big thing. And I wonder, I'm wondering how everybody is coping with that. Yeah. Am I the only one who thinks that way? Because I've seen a lot of arguments of, yeah, but if you don't, you know, you could be risking for other people too. So maybe whatever, whatnot. And then the argument, but if not, we may waste it. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. So there's this whole big level of conversation. And hopefully this guilt and this constant questioning will go away because we're going to have a lot more access to it. Yeah. Cross your fingers, everyone. But I mean, it is. It's a big question of who deserves and who doesn't. It feels like <laughs> it's, it's this judgment of yeah. who does and who doesn't. Yeah. And, and we've talked about that before on the show, especially around survivor's guilt, but also women in particular being like, well, it's not as bad as. And this is a very a specific situation and application of that because there are like eligibility requirements, at least here in the United States. But it does, yeah, as you know, Samantha, I was like, no, 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 <laughs> it's fine. And I think a lot of people are doing that. Oh, seeing people get it. I don't know. It's weird. I feel like I haven't felt this way in so long. Yay. Well, oh, I mean, well. again, it's like, it's not just about you getting ahead of me. One is just like, I can't believe you waited this long. You could have qualified a long time ago. What are you doing? But that's <laughs> the same thing as like the same level of you're talking about survivor's guilt. And, and again, we're coming out of quarantine with so much tragedy and so much death, so much yeah. job loss, so much mm-hmm. financial issues. And there's so many conversations. This could go to a dark, dark place. And it's hard for me not to because that's what I delve in into like to be grateful I must yeah. acknowledge the pain. Mm-hmm. And we should. And we absolutely should. But at the same time, at what point is it about caring for yourself, doing right. that to take care of yourself and the people around you? And the fact that it's not one and the same. Caring for yourself is not being selfish. Right. And it's so hard to let go of that. Uh, and, I, and I know you people who have been in that religious world, you get me. You get me real <laughs> yeah. hard. Caretakers, you get me. You get mm-hmm. me real hard. I'm sure parents are the same way. I can't yeah. imagine if I had children on top of that. Like, I, yeah. uh, the level of guilt and just turmoil, feeling like I failed, not because I failed, but because the system failed or because the mm-hmm. administration failed or because... <sighs> Politics is stupid and it gets, <laughs> seeps into everything, you know, when mm-hmm. it comes down to it. So there's this whole level of unraveling that. Yeah. And and then the PTSD we're coming from this time frame. I, oh my God, I can't wait to see the data of when we actually are vaccinated and kind of returning to somewhat normal because what the hell is normal to begin with. Yeah. But seeing the backlash of everybody responding to, oh, don't touch me. Or, yeah. oh, they're coughing. You know, what are these reactions going to be? And 
This is not even including the anti-Asian racism that's going on. And I haven't mentioned it too much because I have that guilt of, I don't want to talk about anti-Asian racism when (laughs) a lot of Asian people do not stand up for the Black community and they've gone through so much more. Again, Mm -hmm. that comparison that I have a hard time in balancing in in my life. But, you know, one of the big things that resonate to me and and uh, I've forgotten in arguments with my partner about was the fact that we knew something was happening with COVID. And we were offered, Annie, you and I, the N95 mask. Yeah. And it was during the time that there was a crisis mm-hmm. and a shortage. And the CDC, for whatever reason, said, don't use them. Mm-hmm. Please don't use them. Please don't take away from the professionals, such as the doctors and the surgeons who need these to do and care for people. So I absolutely refuse them. You absolutely yep. refuse them in that mm-hmm. we felt like this was not for us and we yeah. would not be a part of the shortage. But a part of that for me was I was not going on a plane as an Asian woman with a mask when no one really else had either because I was just afraid I would be targeted mm-hmm. because of the anti-Asian racism that was happening. So there's this whole level of like aftermath and I, that I'm interested to see. And yeah. I've really taken this to a dark place and I apologize <laughs> about what's going to happen and what the reaction is going to happen in the levels of guilt because the Black Lives Matter movement is being attacked right now for so many things. And the women specifically who started it are being attacked for so many things right now. And what we're looking at is this pinning once again against anti-Asian movement versus racist movements against Black communities. And instead of coming together to say this is a whole problematic thing, they're being pinned against each other, if that makes sense. I guess there's a lot of question in my mind of how this is going to affect allyship where it's needed. Like, who's Mm going to take the focus off of what? Does that make sense? In that there's a big conversation with anti-Asian racism, which I'm really hard-pressed to say racism in itself because there's... Again, the concept of who has power, what is given power, and when it comes down to anything, white people have power. White communities have power. Let's just put that out there. White supremacy is a big, like, this is the bigger conversation of what's happening and who who is actually controlling the conversation and narrative. But at the same time, when it comes to racism, Asian communities are not as likely to be persecuted to the level of Black communities. And we know this. And when there's a pivot and there's a point of trying to bring contention and we play into that narrative, it feels so much harder to advocate for myself mm-hmm. if I'm not advocating 10 times more for my friends in that community. And and so I feel like I need to just be silent. Does that make sense? And I feel like this pandemic has brought me to a point of being really conflicted once again in my identity and what to stand up for and what not to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Man, that's a whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the quarantine conversation. Ooh. If I'm thinking of what I'm hopeful for coming out of this is one one thing I'm hoping that we don't go back to, quote, normal, at least in terms of we do need to keep having these very important conversations that uh, were already happening, but got really jump-started and brought to public attention. Um, during all of this. And and just a note, like we do recognize that we're very privileged and that we've been able to safely work from home. And yeah, we were discussing in a recent episode and just with my mom, like the internet access 
and how not everybody has that and the value of that when making the uh, vaccine appointment. Because, uh, yeah, I've... Mostly, and Annie, yes. before you say anything else, you definitely qualified way before now. Like, so <laughs> for anyone who would want to question or you questioning yourself, bitch, well, why did you wait so long? <laughs> Once again. <laughs> I think that would be actually a different, a really interesting episode of I wonder if there's any data around women who just like forget that they have <laughs> serious <laughs> issues. <laughs> well, the downplaying of your own issues, I, I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, I really, I think I yelled at you, didn't I, on the street. I actually yelled <laughs> at you because I'm dropping something <laughs> off. You and I are masked at a distance. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> I had a shrill moment of, what were you thinking? Do it now. I think I pressured you. I was like, you, 7 o'clock in the morning. Because <laughs> I yes. was just kind of like, <gasps> And I did, but you know, there is that layer too. I've been able to stay. Oh, I don't leave my apartment. It's right. I had that option, and not everybody does. I will <sighs> say, I'm very, very excited about getting my haircut. I am yeah. very excited. Uh, it's I the longest it's ever been. It's beautiful. Thank you. I, I mean, I have got to do things with it I could never do before. Like it's <laughs> braided right now. It's kind of haphazardly, but thank you. Thank you. <sighs> Anything you're looking forward to? The dentist, you said. No, I'm not looking forward to that. I just need that. <laughs> you need to go. It's just a thing. That I needs hate to the dentist. Everything about the dentist makes me very angry. No, I think there's so much I'm looking forward to. Honestly, I miss just sitting on a patio with my friends, uh, you and Caroline and Dominique, where we get to sit and just talk. Mm-hmm. I miss that. I miss the last minute thought process of let's do this. Mm -hmm. I miss patronizing businesses and uh, supporting businesses in a larger format. My own uh, friends, D, we talked about, uh, Mm -hmm. who is a friend at a restaurant, local restaurant. I miss supporting and seeing her at her Mm -hmm. business. Uh, Yeah, so I also miss uh, being able to choose not to go out. Yes, the choice. (laughs) The choice is nice. I got you. (laughs) I might not want to, but I I would like to say no. Yeah, you want the option. <laughs> ah, yeah, I was yeah. yeah. I think I'll, I'm going to be really happy when I don't have to wake up at 7 a.m. to go to the grocery store. That's going to be great. See, I do the late night. Yeah, you're supposed well, supposed to, but it's less traffic either early or late. I feel like this is telling of our personalities. Yes. I wake up. Very early, <laughs> you go to the. Lake. I got that text at seven in the morning. I was super confused. Yes, that I my vaccine uh, success at seven in the morning. I was like, I did it, and then I didn't specify what, and it led to some serious confusion. <laughs> Three <laughs> so hours PS5 later, I was involved. It was very messy. But anyway, listeners, we hope that all of you are doing well. We would love to hear from you. You really, throughout all of this, have been very supportive, and hearing from you has been. Just a salve. It really has. It really uh, has. I can't talk about how much I enjoy seeing your comments, uh, seeing your photos, seeing your responses. We thank you for being patient with all of the flubs. <laughs> yes. Specifically mine. <laughs> <laughs> and hanging with us and sticking with us. Uh, we cannot talk about how we've been able to do this without knowing that you 
the listeners, our friends, uh, our mm-hmm. fam have been the reason that we've been able to do this. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. And we love you. And we would love to hear from you. Please. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Who is also our fan. We love you. Yes. And who did all of this without ever meeting us in person in a quarantine. So yes. yes. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I'm Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.